Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You're tuning in to Wedding Season with your host, Janice Ross. And today, I am having a conversation with Coach Theo Brown. I don't know if you've been on social media, but you may have seen him on there. I first um, became aware of Theo on an app called Clubhouse. He's an inspirational um, speaker and He's just truly awesome, great insight, and um, I'm so glad, so fortunate to have him join me today for a chat just about, we're just having a conversation as we dive into this process, as we dive into even wedding season and the waiting season and life as a whole. So thank you for joining me, uh, Theo. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for having me and, and, and inviting me onto your platform. Yes. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. No problem. Theo, I would love for you to give a bit of your background as we, um, as we just get right into it. Ooh, okay. So how about this? I, I, I want to show up in this, in this conversation as, as me and everything else that I've done um work-wise and everything else it's it's on my platforms or social media so whoever is curious enough to know about me they could go and look at it but for right now i i'm just showing up as a theo and i want to have this conversation <laughs> right i'm i'm showing up present and being and being intentional about uh about what this space looks like and not wanting to to have to give people a preconceived notion about who I am or what I've done. So yes. I'm just, I'm just here. Yes. yes. If that's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, if that's okay. No, you know, I, um, I, I appreciate that because one of the things, you know, as I was uh, preparing just to even start the podcast as a whole, you know, I've been doing recordings for the past several weeks. And one of the things that, that I kept saying is that I, I don't want it to be something that's staged. I want it to be generic. I want to have real conversations with real people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that have conversations about the things in life. I want, I want that through this, even if we're able to reach one or two people to help them heal, to reach one or two people to make them stop and think about their life, about, you know, the path that they're going down, then I'm perfectly fine with that. But I want it to be real because it can be so easy to go on, on, um, you know, on, on a public platform and say, you know, oh, I'm this thing, you know, and razzle dazzle. And, um, and I'm sure that, you know, we, we may see this where, you know, people put out their best and it's not always necessarily real. So I thank you. And, um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So now when, um, and once again, this is, you know, wedding season, but really focusing on, on that season of preparation or even working on ourselves, you know, now for someone 
um, I guess, and if we look at it in, in stages, right? Let's say for someone just starting out in life, so for someone that's perhaps young, you know, I, I know I look back on mistakes that I made in the past and I always say, if only I could go back and say to myself, Janice, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do anything. Keep going, walk away. No, turn left instead of right. Now, do you find yourself ever reflecting on on a choice or decision that you made in the past that you you almost wish that you could go back and say, Theo, no? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I think I used to. Okay. And I would say not anymore. I, I'm grateful for the mistakes that I've made. And that mm-hmm. might come off sounding strange, but here's the thing. It if you have gone left instead of going right, we won't be having this conversation. That's... Um, a lot of things that, that you have experienced in your life have created the genus that we know yeah. of today, right? And yeah. that woman is knowledgeable of who she is now more so than she was those times. And for me, I'm not afraid to make new mistakes. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to make any old mistakes. Oh right? my <laughs> And so I move in a way of I'm not afraid to live and to make mistakes. Yes. I embrace mistakes as part of life. I embrace um, what whatever comes my way. Yes. It might not be great, it might not be good. It might you know, it might be a, a, a dummy moment. And that is also still a moment that is part of my life and I am going to learn from that moment yes. and move forward with it. So looking back and saying, I wish I would have did something different or I wish I could go back and talk to myself. But here's the thing. I wouldn't even listen to myself. If yeah. I were to go back at the, you know, at the tender young age of 20 something. Yes. And, you know, at 20 something, I was in the military. I was in the Marine Corps. I was, uh, for the better lack of words, I, I, I was arrogant. Uh, I, I, I thought I, I thought I understood life. I thought, but I only understood as much about life as what I have already experienced and lived. So for somebody to come up and say, "Hey, don't make this mistake or don't make this decision because it's going to put you on a path that you don't like," I would have been like, "Who are you to tell me this? Like, let me live my life." <laughs> Like, do you know who I like it? It, yeah. it is, it sounds crazy, but it's often enough I, saying, I wish I would have listened because I didn't listen to my parents at that age. So, yeah. why would I So, why would I listen to uh, another older, bald headed individual coming <laughs> from the future saying, Hey, I'm you, and you should make this other decision versus this one? I would think I'm crazy. Like, am I having an out of body experience? Like, no, <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would listen to me. As much as I would love to believe that that I would listen to me, there's still a level of me that wasn't ready to hear the other side of everything. I am the type of person that I want to experience through doing. Mm. And if you tell me don't touch the stove because it's hot, I'm going to believe you. However, (laughs) I'm going to see how hot it is. 
you <laughs> so <laughs> so I tend to learn I tend to learn quickly but also I learn very fundamentally and the way that I learn shifts my value system and the way that I learn corrects my my mistakes mm, that's good yeah. that's good so what then would you say to those that are just starting out in life you know I I, I have two sons. My sons mm -hmm. are, um, oh my goodness, <laughs> one second. My sons, I believe they're turning either 26 and 27 or 27 and 28 this year. So they're in their mid-20s, late 20s, early 30s. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I think after the age of 18, keeping track is just a matter of ego. Like, come on, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. like, are you a functional adult? Yeah, yeah. Can you can you breathe on your own? Okay, yeah. At this point, just live. Just exist yeah. and live and do what. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That is so true. Because I know with my my oldest, you know, he he went to school. He's a teacher, and mm. my my youngest, I I have to force myself not to call him my baby because you know he reminds me that he's not a baby any longer. But my youngest, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he like. You know, he he started out, you know, in school and one one day he reached out to me and he's like, Mom, I believe he was doing culinary. He's mm -hmm. like, Mom, I don't think I wanna do this. And my first thought was in, was to say, Okay, then stop. I don't want you doing something that is not truly a part of you. And I'm I'm mm -hmm. that type of mother. I'm gonna support you in what you wanna do. You know, because I because I recognize that if I try to force you to do something, there's going to be backlash and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. So when I, when I look at things for those not saying that, you know, I'm like this old person with all this wisdom and knowledge. But so when when I when I talk, talk to those that are younger than me, whether it's in life, whether it's in career, I I go based off of, you know, the challenges and mistakes that I've made, but at the same time, like you said, recognizing that there are things that they're going to want to go through as well. Right. You know, and even when I speak with my kids, well, with, with my sons, um, you know, even like, for example, in regards to relationships, you know, mm -hmm. I raised my sons in a certain way to, you know, to respect uh, women you know, knowing that, okay, you know, you, you don't do X, Y, and Z. And I, and I like to believe that what I instilled in them, that, you know, it still carries through within them. And even, mm -hmm. you know, with, with them being younger or with just younger adults at this point, you know, getting them to understand relationships and, you know, making sure that they are mentally uh, prepared <laughs> which we know that there's no <laughs> <laughs> there's no like uh playbook <laughs> or a rule book but right. for those that are younger and um you know and I value getting it all from a male's perspective but for those that are younger and really thinking that you know I you know this is something that I eventually want and, um, and I know for me, it was, you know, like going and seeking that and trying to, you know, and, and not truly understanding that, you know, 
okay, you got to make sure that you're, you're mentally prepared for these things. But how, how do you, how do you tell someone younger, you know, Mm -hmm. take time, you got to be mentally prepared, work on yourself, because they don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I I think for me, I've come to the conclusion that you can only tell somebody what they are willing to listen to. Mm. And you can only tell somebody what they have the capacity to understand. Mm. Yes. And when somebody is not in a place that they can take your wisdom and utilize it, you would hope that, hey, maybe later on, this little voice will come out and say, hey, don't you remember that time that so-and-so said this? Mm. But I, I will, I would also say that for me, mm-hmm. telling someone, "Hey, stay away from this or stay clear of this," yes, it's it's unrealistic and it's unfair. Mm. Because he, because the reason why it's unrealistic and it's unfair, I'm not saying to not warn somebody the dangers of something. Yes, there's 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 nuances to it before the second conversation. Yes. For me, I would say if you're going to do it, learn learn from what you're doing. Hmm. Don't make the same mistake twice. Yes. Make the mistakes, yes. You can't not prevent mistakes from happening. Yes. You cannot live a sterile life because life isn't sterile. Life is just not going to be that way that's unrealistic so i would say you're going to make mistakes embrace those mistakes learn from those mistakes don't let them become your identity mm-hmm. don't let those mistakes define what you do next yes the mistakes that you make might put you in a position where you're you're paying for those mistakes for a long period of time but those mistakes that you made and those experiences you get the option to also learn from those experiences and those quote unquote mistakes. And when you have learned your lessons, those mistakes will stop happening. Then you get a chance to make new mistakes. Life continuously revolves around mistakes and learning. You make mistakes, you fix it, you learn from that and you keep it moving to the next mistake. It's one mistake after another mistake to get to, to a successful place, right? It's not, bunch of little successes it's a bunch of little things that don't go right that you start to learn to tweak so that you can get to a place where you're like okay i know this doesn't work yes so let me try this other way that maybe might work Mm. and and even when he for those who are listening it and even when it comes to your prayer life Mm -hmm. i can't tell you how often we relegate our natural way of living mm. to God's supernatural way of seeing things. Oh we try God. to give God these humanistic uh. perspectives or, 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 or ways that we're like, man, he's going to be angry or man, God is going to be mad at me and, 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 and he's going to send me to hell and he's going to uh, judge me. That's, that's very, that, that's a human way of looking at God. Mm. God is infinite. God is the all-knowing. God has 
already calculated the mistakes that you will forever make in your lifetime into who he created you to be. That's true. There's no mistake that you are making that's surprising to him. Yes. There's no thought that you're having that he hasn't calculated in your life. Yes. So for you to think and feel that, well, I am going to lose, you know, God's not going to love me the same. God doesn't care. I'm going to want to be careful how I say this and phrase this, but my honest, true, authentic feeling is God doesn't care about what you do because he's already calculated that in his salvation for you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The reason why he, he created you was so that you can fulfill a purpose, but with that purpose, he's already also outlined the mistakes and given you grace and given you the room to move. So yeah. those Christians or those believers that want to live a sterile life, you can live your sterile little life if you want. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I meant that with as much love as possible. Yes, you can live your little sterile life if you want. But that sterile life that you live in isn't accomplishing much. Yes. You're trying to be, to garner love from God by doing something. You're trying to earn God's love. God's love is infinite. Yes. Yes. I'm not saying don't, <laughs> I'm not saying don't go out here and, and, you know, you know, and act like a heathen, but I'm saying that when you make mistakes, it's okay. Because he's already calculated that into the life that he gave you. Yes. And so you can live in freedom knowing that, yes, I've made a mistake, but the mistake is not who I am. Mm-hmm. It's not what defines me. Yeah. And so I, w- I would encourage anybody on this journey of healing, knowing that what you're healing from was due to something that maybe you played a part in, something that maybe wasn't your fault, mm-hmm. but something that's now your responsibility to acknowledge and not be ashamed of and move forward with that. Yes, yes, yes. Because I, I, I think quite often, you know, uh, people may take on like a victim mentality. And I, I write about that a little bit and just how it can really cripple our lives. You know, um, I believe it was sometime last year, maybe, or early at the beginning of this year, there's a um, there's a show on YouTube. It's a soft white underbelly, and there's a guy that they had on there, and this just stuck with me. You know, he did so much in life, and uh, you know, he spent some time in jail. He, um, I believe, he even talked about you know the people that he unalived and so forth. And all of the bad stuff that he did. And then he said that he um, he believes in God. He doesn't believe mm-hmm. in Jesus. He, he can't accept that for everything that he did, that someone can come along um, to, um, to erase his sins. So because of that and when he said that like I I cried I cried Mm. because I I saw it for exactly what it was he he couldn't forgive himself Mm. and he didn't he didn't feel that he should deserve that he deserves forgiveness yeah and I think Mm. what what that made me see 
was that there, he's not the only person mm -hmm. that's suffering with that. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if, you know, they, they see, they may see that rotten thing that they were a part of and they are holding on to it so much that it's like, okay, so I, and they probably feel like I only deserve the worst because of what I did. And they will never be able to forget. And they want to live out that thing to the fullest because they, they can never accept that love that God has for them. What would you say to that? You know, it's, difficult to wrap your mind around the infinite way that God loves. Yes. It's difficult to wrap your mind around, to wrap your human mind around. Yes. The, just the vast, the depth, the width of, and the capacity of God. Yes. And it's easier, and I say this in, in, in the most, I don't know, maybe nuanced way or maybe the most ignorant way possible, but it, it's, it's almost, I feel that it's easier mm -hmm. to reject God's love than it is to accept it. Because the minute we accept it, that holds us, mm -hmm. it no longer holds us bondage, but we get addicted to this feeling that if we are holding ourselves accountable, then we are in control of it. Mm. Because receiving forgiveness that relinquishes of us of the responsibility of something that we we hold responsible or something that we mentally control or that we think that we can control or that gives us a level of control over our lives. Mm. It's yeah. if I give you if 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 you show up to the hospital, right, and I've been sick for a long time, and this sickness has been a part of my life and a part of my experience as a human, and it's literally defined and crippled my whole entire life, and you say, hey, I'm, I'm here to take that sickness, and you will no longer have it. Now you, you, you're, you're almost threatening me that you're coming to take away my whole entire identity. Oh my gosh. Because this thing that, yes, it, it's hurt me severely. It's crippled me. Yes. But when you take it away, what am I left with? Mm, that's because true. now I, I no longer have nothing to control. I no longer have a, a, a thing to say, see, this is why I'm this way. Mm. I can no longer point at that. So accepting forgiveness relinquishes me of the responsibility for my own wrongdoing yes but holding it holding on to it gives me a level of control that i that i don't want to relinquish and that's and that's just my you know that's just theo's idea yeah and it could be completely wrong and, and just you know no. just ignore that no, it's however <laughs> from from where i sit and from what i experience daily is that the unwillingness to accept something is because we're going to have to give up something to accept something. Yes. In order to accept something, you have to open your hand. But when your fists are closed because you're holding on to something, it's difficult for you to accept anything that you are given. Mm. 
But the minute we open up our fists and we accept that, we simultaneously let go of something else. Wow. Yes. Yes. You're but right. if what we've been holding on to has created and, and, and embedded itself in, in, in who we believe we are, letting go of that is going to be difficult. Mm. Yes, it is. It really is. Because especially if that very thing has been ingrained within us, if mm -hmm. we have taken on that that thing like it's a badge of honor, um, and you know, and I see that with behaviors, I see that with even with sickness, you know, calling ourselves certain things, and not. I guess not necessarily saying that it's a comfort, mm -hmm. but just getting used to calling ourselves certain things. I know for me, I had to learn to break away from the victim mentality and even in referring to myself um, as a victim. You know, um, I, I was abused, physically abused at one point, and I had to like stop even referring to myself as as a victim because I um sometimes we use those things as uh as a crutch to excuse bad behavior. Mm. So here's <laughs> here's the other side of the coin though. It's we rebrand that and we say I am a survivor. Ah <laughs> right? Yeah. Because survivor sounds much more pleasant and yeah. much more it garners much more um attention than than saying hey i you know i was in this situation but if you say i'm a survivor and this is for all those who have survived something traumatic this is not something to say well you can't call yourself a survivor but here's the thing when you say i am a survivor you're simultaneously acknowledging that you're a victim of something yes yes and Rarely do survivors have to take accountability for something, mm. right? And, and and this might sound so cold and so hard-headed, but the reason why I'm saying it is because I, I, I was there. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who has experienced a genocide as a child, I used to say for a long time, I'm, I'm, I'm 37 now, for all, for majority of my life from the age of eight until probably a couple of years back, I say, yeah, I'm, I'm a genocide survivor because it sounds, it sounds good to say survivor. Yes. But then I also realized that simultaneously I was acknowledging my victimhood. Wow. As a survivor, I'm acknowledging that I survived something, that I was a victim of something. Yes. And that still allows me to walk with a level of excuse or lack of accountability or a way that I can, you know, behave that it that is in congruency with a survivor of something traumatic. Wow. And so you see in our society often that we 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 have people who have survived things um being in the military you you know 
you you go through combat you you come back and and you experience uh post traumatic stress and these experiences at times can be overwhelming and at times they will put you in a mental state that isn't healthy yes. you behave a certain way and often when you calm down and you're asked to take responsibility for what you did in your in your uh moments of 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 craze it's like well hey you know i i would like to take responsibility for that but i was experiencing ptsd mm. and that almost relinquishes you of that accountability that the damage that you did doesn't count because you were allowed to behave this way because of what you've experienced yes so when we say because i survived this it kind of excuses me to move in this other way mm. it relinquishes of us of the responsibility of making sure that we are accountable for what we do even in the moments that we're not our best mm. yes and so doing that then creates this person who can almost get away with anything wow because they don't want to take it's not that they don't want to take accountability but it's easier to relinquish accountability because you're a survivor hmm. so now i just say i've experienced a genocide yeah. because that is a true statement i have experienced that it is no longer my identity yes but i have experienced that meaning because i've experienced that it's also come with a set of things but because i've experienced that now i have the opportunity to to move about life a different way that is not incongruent with trauma mm yes so yes. that's for me that's how i break it down wow that's good that's good so it's in the acknowledging it but not but seeing beyond that correct thing. yes i and that's good to be able to acknowledge it now why do you think other than you know i i know um you know some people but do you think at some point like i uh, what do you think is perhaps at the heart of um of people because i i do believe that some people recognize that and and they know it mm -hmm. and yet still they they don't want to it's like they and they'll tell you they know they know but they still don't want to move beyond that is it i i i almost feel as if society well i i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's all of like to put the blame or the onus on society i would say there is a level of how do I don't want to say this if something is getting me all the attention if something is feeding the need for my attention seeking self yes i'm not going to get rid of that <laughs> come on like it's it's giving me everything that i can want and ask for yes if if something is giving me the out of anything if if, <laughs> if you're in jail and you have the key 
<laughs> you're not gonna give up the key. <laughs> You're yeah. going to let yourself in and out as often as possible <laughs> until you get caught. Like, you're not giving up the key. Yeah. So why why would I let go of something that benefits me? That is crazy. Mm. It gives me all the attention that I want. Yeah. It, it, it fulfills a need that, that's so, ch- like, a, like a childhood level need for attention. Hmm. Yes, but it, it it's sad because we and 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 I'll just say this because I you know I I see that um, in the workforce I see that <laughs> with relationships I see that uh, with with so many areas of society and yet still you know they're they're um, you know adults that function. And it's almost as if they're they're living or they're living in the past to a certain degree, and they they see people around them advancing, you know. And and sometimes I will like I'll see certain things and I and I'll just pray for them, you know. I'll just lift them up in prayer and say, Lord, please help this person, you know, mm-hmm. what is that they may be going through, mm-hmm. and. And deep down inside, I, you know, like you said, I, I, I know they, they kind of like that. <laughs> I mean, come on, like if, 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 if I fail every test and I can say, well, hey, it's because I'm dyslexic. I don't have that. Like, I mean, I, that could be the truth, right? That could be a fraction of the reason why I failed the test. Yes. But if I didn't go get help, if I didn't get a tutor, if I didn't study, if I did, if I, I don't have to do much work to fail, but man, if I have that get out of jail card, I can play that thing all the time. And, 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 and I'm saying this in a lot of ways that is going to sound crazy and is going to step on a lot of toes. Mm -hmm. We often use the race card to get out of taking accountability for our own dysfunction. We often use our traumatic card to get to not get out of dysfunction we often use the victimhood mentality to not and this is not to say that things have not happened or systems aren't aren't in place that keep you oppressed this is acknowledging that those systems exist but this is also to acknowledge that while those systems exist there's still a a human responsibility to self a God-given right responsibility and accountability to self yes. to do the best that you can yes. and to truly do the best that you can. I've never seen somebody who failed who truly did the best that they could. Mm. Never. Not in my life. Even when they did the best that they could and it didn't reach the benchmark that society sets for them, they overshot and succeeded about their own capacity. Mm. Wow, that's good. Yes, that's good. Now, when so when someone let and let's say, right, um, you know, because I I believe uh, you know quite often people are walking around with you know with with baggage. They're walking around because that uh, I don't know baggage is the right term, but walking around with a combination of 
uh, of items, of behaviors, of trauma that some are unresolved, some are trauma that uh, that they no longer, you know, say affects them. And as we're uh, approaching life, as we're approaching uh, our careers and let's say relationships, mm-hmm. you know, is it important to heal beforehand? Do you feel that it's important to to really step away and say, you know what, I I need to be healed before I can, and perhaps that's not even logical <laughs> to say because I, I don't know who's going to really step away. <laughs> you know, I, I need to heal. I, you know, I see this person and I'm interested in them, but I, I'm going to heal for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would definitely say that in, in the recent years the the word healing has become a buzzword and it's and it's become this unrealistic expectation mm-hmm. that we have put on everybody yes and we have given this unfair i've never met a completely healed person the only people that i've seen that are completely healed you know i, I, I pass a cemetery every day when i go to work and those are the only people that i know that are healed yes yeah because they're no longer here they are no longer experiencing pain they're no longer a part of this world the as as we continue to go through life we are going to collect more and more things to put in our baggage but it's up to us to know and acknowledge what's in our luggage you know at the airport when when they say make sure that you pack your own luggage right it did did somebody pack your luggage for you sometimes yes mm, yeah as 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 kids Parents pack, <laughs> figuratively, parents pack, uh, and, you know, and literally before you go on a trip, the parents are going to pack their kids' luggage. But as you become an adult, you start to pack your own luggage. Yeah. And you start to now understand what you need for this trip or what you have for this trip. So when you meet somebody and you have baggage with you, it's, it's important to acknowledge your baggage and let them know, hey, this is what I'm bringing with me. These are the things that I carry. These are the things that I'm aware of. And these are the things that I'm working on. Wow. Then you allow the other person to know, do I have enough room in my trunk for all that you are bringing to this house? If I'm picking you up from the airport and you, know, and, and, and you got three or four suitcases, but I drive a Miata, my car is at capacity. I, I have maybe room for one, one bag, <laughs> right? But it's acknowledging that, that's you're, you're showing up and I'm looking at your, your baggage and I get to decide whether I have the capacity to hold that mm. and, to, and to work through that with you. Yes. What tends to happen though, is that we show up with, luggage that we haven't sift through or looked through and we expect somebody else to take on that luggage that we don't even know what's in there we know it's a suitcase full of stuff but we don't know what's in there we haven't opened it we haven't did nothing we haven't organized it because we've been carrying it around for years we don't know what else has collected but then we expect the other person to say oh yeah because i like you and and and, you know, and, and I've been praying about 
you know, uh, getting a mate. Um, yeah, I'll take, yeah, I'll take on your, your baggage after all. It's a Christian thing to do after all. It, it, no, no, stop. Because you're taking on somebody's luggage that they're not even aware of. And that is the most dangerous thing that you could do for, for anybody is to accept the dysfunction that they bring when they're not aware of their own dysfunction. Oh my gosh. That's key right there. You said a mouthful. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I've, I've coached enough people and saw it enough, even in my own life to say, Hey, take that person's bag. Make sure that you, you, you have the capacity for whatever they bringing and also make sure that they, they are aware of what they're bringing because it's one thing to talk to somebody about what's in their bag and you're seeing what's in their bag because their bag is open. You're seeing what's in there. They're like, nah, nah, bro. Like, no, nah, man, that ain't it. That like, no, that's not mildew. That ain't it. Like, I know what mildew looks like. That's mildew. Nah, man, no, like, like that's not that. It's like, are you even, can you even look in your bag? Are you even willing to acknowledge what's in your luggage? And so often enough, you know, relationships start from a place of foggy expectations because we don't want to rock the other person's boat. So we're like, well, I know that I've been, you know, praying really hard for somebody and you fit all the you know like you check all the specs and you know i, I i'll go ahead and take you on okay go ahead hmm. a couple yeah. years down the road it becomes hmm so let's talk about the luggage that oh no 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 like don't worry about that don't worry about that hmm. yeah, it's like okay but it's smelling like come on like it's okay to take it out and acknowledge it. Nah, nah, nah. nah. It, it's, that's just how it's always smelled. Mm. Like, mm, no, mm-mm. something in there don't <laughs> something in there don't sit right. Mm. And the more they refuse to acknowledge, the more you keep bringing it up. Mm. The more they start to feel like you're judging them. Mm. The more resentment you start to create and build because now you're irritated the stench is getting more and more and more yes and they they won't acknowledge it so now you start to say well god i pray for this person it's like well yeah you 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 prayed and you did your part but you also didn't do your part by by checking your capacity to handle that Mm. that too (laughs) That's it, that, you know, checking your capacity to handle that. Ah, <laughs> that statement there. And and that may be why, you know, even with, with, cert, with some people, why they're quick to say, oh, I can't do this. Because um, do you think that it could be that there were red flags there all along and they thought that, maybe, you know, I'll I'll just deal with this. I know what they're saying, but I'm going to go ahead and, you know, and as time goes by and (laughs) 
and the truth is revealed or what they already knew to be it just literally reaches out and smacks them in the face and they you know and they're forced to come face to face with reality at that point they're like i i, I yeah i can't do this but deep down it's like can i tell you though Theo, like i've there have been times when I've, I've been in situations and, and I've known, I've known. <laughs> mm. I, I, I've known all along, you know, and, so, and I say I, I, I went into things with, with my eyes. What is that saying? Eyes wide shut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then let me ask you this, Janice. When, when, when you went into this situation, no one is seeing that what was your hope? Like, what was your, your, your hope for those red flags? Were, were you trying to turn those red flags into little cute yellow and eventually hopefully green flags? Savior complex. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I believe that's a mistake that, you know, that people make, or for me, I, I'm always looking for the good in people. You know, I'm always, I, 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 I always used to say that, I believe that no matter what, you know, anyone can change their life around. And I, I do still believe that, but I had to get realistic as well in saying that not everyone wants to change their life around. No, that's a thousand percent correct. It, it's your life literally changes when you decide that you've had enough of what you've had and you want more. So you're going to seek out the help to get more. Yes. And I truly think that in the relationship context, we try to believe that relationships are linear when we are multidimensional people. Mm. We yeah. try to think and put every relationship into this one context when we don't even fit into this one context. Mm. And, and often enough, what Again, this 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 is gonna step on some people's toes, maybe, but we try to make everything biblical when it's not. Yeah. We try to create this holistic or holy context that this relationship needs to function in, but we're two people who can't see eye to eye, and we try to say, well, you know my spouse, you know, the reason why, man, they're challenging me. I, I feel like God is really using them to really grow me. No, stop. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, it, it's, you can't even acknowledge that you, you knew the truth about this person, but you still chose to do it anyway. But now you're trying to say God is using them. No, God doesn't need your help. <laughs> God don't need your help. You're right about that. He does not need your help. And so we often feel like or we want to we we want to um uh churchify situations that shouldn't be or that don't need to be mm. when they are a, a, a very logical thing. It, it's this this whole notion that and, and and maybe this might be starting a wildfire, Janice. So so I'm sorry if they come after you. Listen, all of these views that are being expressed. Let me put a disclaimer out there. All these views that are being expressed are not a reflection of Janice. They are a complete <laughs> reflection of Theo. And do not harass Janice. 
come and talk to me. I have some time and we can have a, a very nice and in-depth conversation about what I'm about to say. I got time. <laughs> so I had to let you off the hook, Jenna. So I, you know, I don't want you to get, you know, bombarded. Um, we, we try to bring God into something that he, he had no business being in ah, yes. because we want to justify our own beliefs and, or we try to fit a context in a situation that isn't meant for that context. And what I mean by that, and, and the perfect example can look like this. You have, you have two believers who meet, they get married, but life is not what they thought it was. But because they're two believers and they said, well, God hates divorce. <sighs> so here's to the next until we, until death do us part. And you start to see things happen in their lives that actually deteriorates their soul. Mm. Because their own belief system right and and people are going to go biblical well it, it says that in the bible god hates divorce okay well god hates a lot of things but we again give god human traits and it's like so you're telling me that divorce is what he hates but he's okay with you doing the other stuff mm. all right oh, okay that makes sense wow and we try to say that this that this is not okay. The only way you should leave your spouse or the, the only it's the minute that you start to die is the minute you forsake and discard the purpose that God created for you mm-hmm. and take on somebody else's purpose for you. Oh, wow. Yes. So we get into these relationship contexts and we say, well, I will forego of my purpose to be in relationship with this person. Well, Theo, but what if this person is your helpmate? What you mean? What, what, what do you mean? If they're... Again, Theo's viewpoints. Okay. God has already created you with everything that you're ever going to need. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Whoever comes into your life and who you join union with, they are they are going to garnish the main dish. Mm. They're not the the supporting cast in the kitchen helping you cook it. The meal is already ready. They just garnish it. They just add the pizzazz. They just add the sizzle. They just add the flavor. But the steak is still the steak. The potatoes are still the potatoes. Yeah. They just add the garnishing or like the garnishing little sauce. Yes, yes. They are not the person who is going to help you cook the meal. The meal is is already prepped because the meal was already prepped the day you were born. Mm. That is the purpose that God has for you. Some people believe, well, my purpose is to be a wife. No, it's not. Stop. That's lazy. Stop. 
Your purpose is not to be a wife. God, God did not create you to just be a wife. Yes. But but that's my role. God cre- God created me to be a husband. No, he didn't. He created you to be a man of substance. Mm-hmm. A husband is a role that you play along your life. It's not your whole entire existence. It's not your whole entire identity. When you make that your whole entire identity, you start to move in a way that's not inconclusive inc- inc- to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because you make this role your whole entire sole soul purpose of existence versus making you and making God's purpose for your life your whole entire existence. Wow. And so we forego for the sake of playing this role that society has created for us to function in. Again, these are Theo's viewpoints. <laughs> these are not Janice's viewpoints. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. And I think that um, that's where I think a lot of people get lost, where we get tossed around um, where we we get it twisted and confused and we lose ourselves because we're um you know there um I know I forgot the name of that movie where it talks about you um that you complete me type of phrase where a lot of people think where they're people rather that think someone else needs to come along to make them feel complete. <laughs> that is the biggest. I would say that is the biggest bowl of malarkey as it would say. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a very romantic sentiment to somebody who adds to you, but nobody completes you. No. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody com- can complete you. Yeah. And I think when we have this romanticized sentiment going into a relationship, we are already setting ourselves up for failure. Yes when we make the other person the sole focus of our life, we make that person the sole focus of our resentment too. Mm. Because we we say, well, I did this for you. I didn't even want to do it, but I did it for you. No, they didn't ask you to do that. Mm. But you thought because, oh, well, it's, 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 it, you know, it, it will make for, no, nobody asked you to do that. You're, you're starting to do things that, the other person didn't didn't ask for because you you've romanticized this notion or idea of this role that you play. Yes. So you're thinking that if you do this, this person is going to love you more. Again, you're performing for love oh. because we also grow up in a society where we award right performance. Hmm. When you know, especially for men, mm-hmm. men we grow up being on sports teams we win championships, right? We, we, you know, we are being rewarded for our performance. We, we score a touchdown. We look in the stands, people are cheering. Our parents are proud of us. They're talking about it after the fact that, Hey, my son scored a touchdown. I'm very proud of my son. Yeah. It's a great way to do that. But then the minute we make a mistake and we look in the stands and nobody's cheering and we look and see the disappointment, why doesn't why doesn't anybody cheer? That's a mistake. It's a performance too. Hmm. But then, so now we teach that the only way that we get the approval from society and our parents is by performing great. Yes. So then, the minute we don't perform great, we are not receiving the same amount of love, and now we're we're feeling like oh, so 
if I keep performing, I still get this affection. Okay, cool. So everything I'm going to do now is going to be a performance. It's not going to be because I like it or want to. It's going to be a performance so that the other person can see me as worthy of their attention and love. Oh, my gosh. So now I come into a relationship performing already. I'm already performing at my best level. I can't make a mistake. If I make a mistake, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get the love that I feel like I deserve. I only deserve love when I do good. So now we are having a high functioning anxiety that anytime that we mess up, this person's going to leave. So now we create a high stressed environment in a relationship because it's hard for us to not perform. Oh my so now we are resenting the other person for not appreciating our performance. And we think that this person doesn't love us because they're not cheering when we perform well. Wow. <laughs> yes. And it, 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 it all heads down a rabbit hole at that point. And that's when feelings uh, get high. There's um, in the whole emotional stress with that anxiety and panic and it leads to uh, complete collapse mm. <laughs> of a relationship mm. yeah because of those uh, false expectations at the beginning well i guess and expectations not being set realistically wow that's good it, it's it's wild because i i Jess, I don't know how much time you got. I don't know. Like, tell me how much time you got. Uh, we have about uh, another 15, 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And you quick. can always come back on. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> awesome. So the the part even in marriages that um, that I've seen that have deteriorated it, it's it's not what they think i think the the societal belief is that um infidelity money and uh other things are 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 like what cause those are symptoms of a deeper issue mm, yes unmet expectations mm. yes because yes. when when we're talking about marriage we're talking about a a union between two people and we're talking about two people who come from two different backgrounds two different ideologies two two different thought processes heck even in same-sex marriages they have the same issue they have everybody has grown up different right and you're you're coming into union with this one person who has a whole completely different perspective of the world. And now the expectation is that these two different these two experiences are going to coexist in harmony as one. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what tends to happen is that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, yes. It doesn't happen. And then now these little tiny expectations that we start to have it was like well i don't need to tell you that you you already know right like you you're you're the husband you're the wife so you should already kind of know yes. why do i need to be the one to tell you that you need to do x y and z 
oh, well, you should already. So we start to should the other person. Mm. And when we start to should on the other person, this person becomes highly stressed because of what do you mean I should already know? I don't know you. I'm not your sibling. I'm not your parent. I didn't have you. You've lived as you for the last 20, 30 some odd years or 40 some odd years. I'm I'm just I've just only known you for the last three or four. Mm. And now you you're expecting me just because I only know a very small, tiny fraction of you. You expect me to know your whole entire existence. Hmm. That is unfair. Yeah. And so now we we start to put all of this onus on the other person to perform in the way that is conducive to our unmet expectations and un treated on unacknowledged traumas yes yes and we make this person responsible for the triggers that we didn't deal with a long time ago we try to make this other person responsible for what our fathers our mothers did but we don't even let them know that that's that's really what's going on but we're thinking oh you yelled at me You, you yelled at me and you triggered me. Well, in order for me to trigger you, that trigger must have existed before. And you haven't checked it. So now the way that my inflection in my voice, I might not even be yelling, but because I'm stern, it brings you back to a place of feeling unsafe. But you didn't tell me that. You didn't communicate that. So now you're saying I'm, I'm, I'm mean to you, I'm bad to you, but you didn't tell me that you've had a terrible experience with this or that, but you just expect me to just know. Because hmm. it's not being communicated. In- right. It's not being communicated. Yeah. And this is honestly why I also think sex lowers in, in marriages is that there is this un, uncommunicated expectation yes. because there is this expectation like, most men are like, yeah, I'm going to get it every day, maybe five times a day, three times a day. I don't know. Who's got a, like, the capacity for that? I don't know. But whoever does, that's what's going to happen. That's the expectation. And then when it doesn't happen, because yeah. life be life and then things happen and you're not always in the mood, the emotions are high, you're stressed because of work, everything else is going on. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't working like it was supposed to be working. Like, like hey, what's going on? And so now instead of taking a moment and pausing and understanding how the other person is responding or feeling in their moment, Mm -hmm. we start to take it personal because now we think, wait, do they not find me attractive? Mm -hmm. Do they not think I, 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 you know, I can hang like, like what's up. So now we're starting to internalize how they're feeling about something that's completely different. Mm -hmm. Then you take on that role of, trying to figure out, trying to be Mr. Fix-It, trying to be Miss Fix-It. Maybe if I fix it, they will love me more. Maybe if I do this, they will love me more. It's like, no, it, it has nothing to do with you. You mm. just didn't do your due diligence to ask, hey, are you okay? Yes. You just assumed that because this person wasn't in a mood or didn't want to have sex with you, that they are rejecting you because they don't find you attractive. Yes. But rarely did you ask, hey, how was your day? Are you feeling okay? Yeah. How are you mentally? How are you emotionally? Yeah. Are you tired? Right? So we don't ask these little things and we try to expect all these people who 
didn't birth us, who weren't with us in, us in our childhood, to already know. Mm. And we set them up for failure. Wow. And now we're out here looking like crazy, like, I can't believe they did that to me. Well, you never, you, you could have asked. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. Or even setting those expectations beforehand, you know, and, and perhaps, you know, and, and I've been hearing more and more about this, um, I guess, in recent years, uh, dating with intentionality. You know, um, what does that even mean, though? <laughs> I know, yeah. Like that. Like I think we 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 start to create new terms every time we wear something out. Yeah. Like, what does dating with intentionality mean? Letting people. Well, it's meant, and and like I said, I'm I'm just. (laughs) It's meant to be, you know, setting those expectations, and you know, but but I, I strongly do believe that, you know, that we we should still go through stages. And getting to know someone because you, I, I, for me, I, I can't realistically think that, you know, I, I would want to marry to be married to someone if I don't know them because then I don't. Oh, absolutely. Know they are. <laughs> absolutely. So, so like the expectation. So, if you're dating with expectation, then the expectation is to know this person better. Because if your expectation is to end up in a marriage then you've already set yourself up for failure because you are working towards the end goal with a person who you barely can be friends with. Yes. Wow. That's good. (laughs) Because I I, I feel like we we have made marriage the end goal and not the process. Because the minute you start to say, well, I'm dating with expectation for this person to be my husband. Stop. Or to be my wife. Stop. Date to know this person for who they are, yeah. not for who you want or romanticize them to be for you in the future. Mm. Because yeah. I guarantee you, the more you get to know this person, the more you take the time to get to know this person, you will discover a lot more things about you. Because this person is going to reveal things about you that you didn't know about yourself. So that when you get to that day that you say, hey, this this is a person that I would definitely want to share my union with. Then you can go within that in, in confidence and say, hey, this person's my friend. Like, I've, I've taken the time to know this person. Like, that's the intentionality. My intention was to know you. It wasn't to marry you. It was to know you. No. Then I could decide. Do I want to marry you? Mm. But then they're like, well, you know, we ain't got enough, you know, lifetimes to know everybody. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you're right. You don't, but you do have enough lifetime to use discernment and to, and to put your intentions into the people who you genuinely do want to know because not everybody was worth your time. So you're not going to spend all that time with everybody, but there are people who you see and say, wow, I'm genuinely curious about this person and they intrigue me enough, and I'm interested in getting to know them. Yes. Yeah. So then you get to know them intentionally, not bypassing them to get to the marriage. Mm. And that's what's happening. <laughs> that's what's happening. And then time goes by, and it's like, wait a second. This isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> what did you sign up for? 
But yeah, what what did you say? Oh, you signed up for the Instagram hashtag Black Love. Oh, that's what you signed up for. Oh, you signed up for the pictures. Oh, you signed up for inviting everybody to your wedding. Oh, okay, so you signed up to have this gratification of being picked and being the one that this person's one, right? Oh, you signed up for being the wife or the husband. You signed up to play a role. Yes, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. And and I, I think that's where a lot of the bitterness is coming from. Because I, you know, because we can get bitter because, oh, this isn't, and you know, like I said, I've been through that where I've had to look back and say, Janice, you created that whole thing in your mind. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And and we have we have to get real with ourselves, you know. And that is the hardest thing. It is. It really is. But that's but it's a necessity. And sometimes I, I think we well not sometimes, all the time, we have to really step back and say, I guess, um, for me, I, I don't know, like what even before, you know, for someone, what would you suggest, Theo? Um, as we're, you know, preparing to wrap up this particular one, we have to, we absolutely have to <laughs> get back into because there, there's so much, there's so very much that um, I have notes and points that I, that I would like to dive in further, but, um, you know, what, for anyone that, that's approaching that, that's even considering you know, once again, you know, the show is called wedding season, but for someone that, that sees that as their, um, you know, as their goal at some point, but knowing that, okay, maybe I need to step back. What do you think are perhaps some key um, questions or key reflections that they need to make on themselves? I know, and, and I'll mention, I know for me, it's, um, well, it has been for me to get closer to God, but also to learn who I am mm-hmm. and to get real with myself and to, you know, just because I, what I found was that things that I was accepting, even in relationships, were not things that I wanted. So I had to get real with myself because just saying simply that you want to be married is not good enough. Mm. Because then you open yourself up to anyone. <laughs> true. Very true. Um, I'll say a couple of things. I think what I'm learning and understanding is when you look at a person and you look at their behaviors and you look at how they move about life and asking yourself, it's not even the questions that you ask the other person because the other person is only going to answer your question according to how you ask it. Yes. And the question is is more so for an internal investigation of you. It's, is this person safe enough to disagree with? Oh. Oh, wow. And when you can say, I still feel safe, I still feel seen when it when I disagree with this person, that opens up a whole different level of vulnerability. Oh my gosh. And that opens you up to a whole different level of knowledge about yourself and that person that you didn't think was possible. Because if this person is not safe enough to disagree with, 
your best bet is to just leave it alone. Huh. And what I mean by that, if if you say no, and your no and your boundaries get uh, a certain type of feedback that is in a way harmful, that's 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 not a person that you're gonna feel safe around. If you say no and this person throws a tantrum because they didn't get their way and they try to emotionally manipulate you to saying yes, that's mm. not a safe person. Mm. Wow. And if you say no and they say, okay, well, I thank you for telling me that and they keep it moving and they still, and they still respond to you just the same as if you would have said yes, that is a safe person. Somebody who can say, oh, okay, I, okay, well, that's your boundary. So, yeah, okay, no is no. Yes. That's a safe person. Mm. So, once you find that, once you find that safety, you're going to open up a whole different level of vulnerability. And that's really when you're going to get to know this person. Mm. Wow. And that's just a that's just a, a portion of what all what needs to take place. Yeah, yeah, that's literally just a small, small little fraction. But that is a question that I I don't know if many people are willing to ask. Oh my gosh! Like I, I'm here reflecting on it. I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm adding that to. <laughs> but this also goes in friendships too, though. Yes. Ah. Yes, yes, because we we have to be so careful with what we what we allow into our spaces, who we allow into our spaces, and our spaces are just you know even um I hate to use the term our circles, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know who who we align with, who we attach ourselves with. Because just like with, uh, you know, relationships, it can be damaging Mm. Mm -hmm. in determining Mm. who's really there for us, who's there to take away from us, who we allow (laughs) to take away from us. So, yeah, that that's an excellent I've never I've never heard anyone say, you know, here's a good question and, and, you know. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> a good one. Thank you so much, Theo. I, Absolutely. Yes, I. We have to plan again. <laughs> oh, I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Just let me know. Discussions. This has been truly valuable, and uh, you've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> you have really given me a lot to think about and um and i'm sure that listeners would will be able to reflect because there are um there are myths that need to be distilled there there are things that we need to address that i don't believe that everyone is doing so once again thank you so much um for this you are so welcome yes and for anyone i hope nobody comes for you janice if they do direct them my way and 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 i'll have a conversation with them (laughs) I agree with you and I am good. So thank you very much. And please, I want you to be able to share 
your um, how anyone that would like to reach out to you to follow you on social media to connect with you even for your coaching services please uh, please share how anyone can get in touch with you so um my platform i'm mostly on uh, instagram you can reach me at theo.brown no let me not say that it's theo underscore brown dot t on my instagram page um hit me up there and yeah and we'll connect there perfect thanks again theo um absolutely and uh, thanks to anyone tuning in and uh, be sure to (laughs) check out for when (laughs) theo brown back on wedding season and uh Take care.